0: Hey, creepy cats. Welcome back. We're back with another episode. And this week, we are talking about scuba diving deaths. In this episode, we're going to talk about the tumultuous relationship of Audrey Mestre and Francisco Pupin Ferraris, who were two record breaking no limits scuba divers in the early 2000s. However, when Audrey attempted to break another world record in 2002, People were left wondering if what happened that day was an accident or maybe something more sinister. <laughs> Welcome back, creepy kitties. We are here with another theme and this week we're gonna be talking about diving deaths.
1: Yeesh! We thought since it was just in time in the United States this weekend is Memorial Day weekend so let's do some water kind of jumping into summer type of creepiness today.
0: Yes and when we say diving we mean like scuba diving not like diving into a pool. Obviously. (laughs) Like real scuba diving legit stuff.
1: Yeah, something I would never attempt to do, but I think the story explains why I would never attempt to do it.
0: Yeah, this is this is a good one. So I'm gonna be telling Melissa about Audrey Mestre and Francisco Pippin Ferraris.
1: Is this in another country?
0: Um it's kind of like all over the place. So Audrey and also there's a documentary about this, um, ESPN did it, it was called No Limits, and some of the people on the documentary called Audrey, Audrey, but they were also, like, not from America, so I'm not sure if it's pronounced Audrey or Audrey.
1: I'm I... sure it's Audrey in America, just Okay, Audrey. I'm just
0: going to say Audrey then, because that is what they referred to her in the documentary. So, we'll start with Audrey. She was born in St. Denis in France. Um, She was born to a family of snorkeling and scuba diving enthusiasts. And she began swimming when she was still a baby. I read somewhere that she won, like, a medal for some sort of swimming competition at the age of two. But I never, like, that was in one article and I never saw that anywhere else. So, I really don't know. But, um... She did get into scuba diving. When she was 14, she had scoliosis in her back really bad from, I believe, typhoid fever. And she was put in a brace for years and years and was only allowed out of the brace in water. I think she already had a love for water, but I'm sure that made it even more like she loved it even more because there wasn't really time to really be free
1: i can imagine thought of have so much nostalgia being in the water
0: yeah and so she became a seasoned scuba diver and um i think i read somewhere too it's kind of hard to tell like what's true and what's false because i think a lot of the um, articles about the story are translated into american but i read somewhere that she got a full certificate by the age of 16 to be a um, scuba diver. So, Francisco Ferraros um, got the nickname Pippin, or Pippin, very early on in life. He was born in Matanaz. sorry, my pronunciation is horrible, but it's on the northern coast of Cuba, and he began practicing free diving at the age of five. Wow. um yeah so five so this is actually pretty interesting he had asthma and it had like some sort of disabilities where I don't I think he had like some disabilities in his legs and arms like some trouble moving early on so he was teased about that and stuff but when he was like put in the water at a young age he was great at it and like Just naturally excelled at it, and so he started doing spearfishing to make money like that's what a lot of people do, and then it just really went from there. So, there's not a whole lot known about his personal life in Cuba, but it began with spearfishing, and then he was introduced to the sport of free diving. Um, I believe by some Italian people who were visiting Cuba and doing it, and they, I think, like, basically told him, you're really good at this, and so he started doing it, and he started getting into free diving. So, Pepin is quite a character. Uh, Some people said he told, like, some crazy, crazy tales. He... Ended up writing a book, and the ghostwriter who helped write the book said at one point that, and this is in the ESPN documentary, that he said that once he was diving and just below him he saw a Soviet submarine just, like, on its way passing by, (laughs) and the ghostwriter just said, she was like, do you really want to put that in the book? (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, that's what he said, but... They were like, uh, okay.
1: Oh, my gosh. At what depth were you <laughs> I, at? Yeah, literally,
0: were you on the ocean floor? I have no idea, but he said that. 47,000
1: so. meters down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> literally. So, yeah. Um, but he was really, really good at diving. So he started competing in the sport. He established a lot of records, I think beginning at the age of, like, 27. Uh, he received 21 different world records he set 21 different world records in diving
1: and when you're saying diving and free diving you mean that for fun they're just jumping into the water and seeing how far down they can go
0: i'm not exactly sure like what all of his awards were in i think just free diving it just started you know your yeah like your typical scuba diving but from the late 1980s and onward, he got into no-limits diving, which is a specific discipline of free diving where you basically see a, what you were saying. You see how far you can go without blacking out.
1: What the hell?
0: Yeah, in the most common deaths of no-limits free diving, there are people who die, and they die from blackouts, so... Um... Uh, Yeah, I'm not going to say it's not safe or that it is safe. You obviously have to be very, very trained in this sport, and I'll just leave it at that. But he was very into no-limits free diving. He established his first known world record of 112 meters depth, which is
1: 367
0: feet. Just by himself? I think... So, in a lot of no-limits free diving, there is a cable that you hold on to, and it basically pulls you down. So, you're not swimming. You're just holding your breath, and you're going down that way, and it, like, measures it for you. So, you can, like, specifically measure how far you're going down and all that stuff. So, if you watch the documentary, or if you just go on YouTube, you can see, like, how it works and how people free dive. But, yeah, he was, like, kind of rising in fame for this free uh, no limits diving. And he later moved to Florida. And so through like the 1990s, he was basically establishing world records. And he actually was like, in rivalry with an Italian diver named Umberto Pilazzari. Uh, them two were just like basically going back and forth trying to beat records. And Ferrara's longest and deepest dive was 531 feet in january of 2000 which was 12 meters deeper than Pilazari's deepest record and there was actually a, an imax production movie about their like feud for diving called ocean men extreme dive
1: they should have dove together at the same time like looking at race. one another.
0: Like, <laughs> how far can you go race
1: me to the finish i'm right sure now. one of them like would have
0: Probably died from that. True, neither of them probably would have let up. <laughs> so, uh, Pippin was really good at diving, but he didn't like the rules. So, there are obviously rules for diving. Um, the International Association for the De- Development of Apnea, that's translated into English, but it's called the AIDA. That's like the World. Wide rules and record keeping. They do all that for diving. But in 1996, Ferraris established his own, like, association basically called the International Association of Free Divers, which was in direct opposition to the AIDA. And he, like, basically did it so he didn't really have to follow any of their rules. Doesn't seem like a very good idea.
1: No, it doesn't.
0: And he himself had been hospitalized before for blackouts and for getting the bends like f- from coming up too fast. So, he was really known for doing things his own way, like making the rules. People also said he was definitely a ladies' man. Um, Audrey was fascinated with Pippin and I I don't know if I mentioned this before, but she was in her teens when her family moved to Mexico City. And she became fluent in Spanish and studied marine biology at the University in La Paz, Mexico. And while she was studying, she... I think she saw Pepin's face on a poster and it basically talked about him free diving and all that stuff. And so she decided to write her thesis paper on Pepin and how the body can survive during free diving, and basically, like, what your body endures when you're free diving.
1: Right. Well, that'd be a cool paper. Yeah, it is.
0: And, I mean, she was definitely fascinated with him before they even met. So, they eventually met up. I don't know exactly how. I don't know if, like, she just went to a dive, or she went there to, like, talk to him about the paper. But they met, and... Both of them said they fell in love in two days. Like, it was, like, instant. They fell in love, and I'm pretty sure they were inseparable, basically, ever since. Wow. So, she began assisting Pipin in his dives and was, like, working on the boat with him and all that stuff. But on the first day that she was there watching Pipin and helping him, one of Pipin's students actually died in training um, oh my gosh! From blackouts. So some people believe that Pipin has acted negligently in the past with creating this little organization, and like people have died under his watch.
1: Yeah, yeah, Pip, you can't create your own organization <laughs> and then have someone die under it. Yeah. And Seems... you have Audrey to impress now. Yeah, and no,
0: Audrey, that was her first day, but she was she was still. Everyone said they were like really, really in love. But some people who was close with the team, because they do, obviously, both of them worked, like, with a diving team and stuff, that some people did say their relationship was kind of like a love and obsession thing. Um, One of the uh, people in the documentary described them as Beauty and the Beast, with, obviously, Audrey being Beauty and Papine being the Beast, or, like, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So I think it was very passionate, but I can go good and bad at times
1: yes i can
0: so there's a lot of videos of them like hugging and stuff and kissing in the water before they do their dives they're really lovey-dovey on videos that have been published and they both obviously like connected with they both had like these disabilities when they were kids and used water as an escape Uh, everyone said that audrey loved to dive with animals she was more of like diving to swim around with animals not necessarily competing People said she was like a literal mermaid, that she bonded with every animal she met and that no animals swam away from her. And there's actually a lot of footage of her really close with animals and she just looks like beautiful and in her element. She's really stunning too. She is really beautiful. So the two ended up getting married. Pipin was in his 30s and Audrey is a bit younger than him. I believe 10 years younger than him. And Pippin was older now, so he's not, not that he's not as good at diving, but he's experiencing blackouts more frequently, and he realizes that he can't keep doing the competitive diving like this. But now he has young Audrey with him, and he begins training Audrey in no-limits diving.
1: No, Audrey, do don't conform to him.
0: <laughs> yeah, so his first dive, or her first dive, was for the French nationalists, and she attempted an 80-meter dive, which is 260 feet, and was successful. So she basically just went from being on the set and watching Pepine to... Being a star, like everyone said it was kind of a a star is born moment because she was really good at it. And I don't think a lot of other women were kind of doing no limits diving.
1: Love that for her.
0: Yeah. So Tanya Streeter, she is another no limits diving. She is also just as stunning. It's like, both these women are so beautiful. She's in the ESPN documentary and she talks just about no limits diving. Around this time, she was um, a diver. She did No Limits Diving. She had a record for a three-minute dive that was, like, I believe 300 feet or something like that. Tanya was an overnight sensation because she, like Audrey, they were both setting records and rising to fame pretty quickly. And so No Limits Diving becomes, like, sexy and cool. Like, Tanya has her picture on billboards for advertisements and stuff like that. So they're putting No Limits Diving kind of like in the limelight. But this started Pippi to try and get Audrey sponsored too. Like basically to outdo Tanya and he was trying to throw her into the limelight Uh, people said that she had some concerns about this. Like, I don't think she was so about it as he was, but she went along with it.
1: Yeah, she's just doing her thing. She's not trying to be all competitive against all these other women.
0: Yeah, so, Pippin, at age 38, attempted his longest dive, but on the way up, he became unconscious and blacked out for over a minute. And so under the AIDA rules, that doesn't count. If you black out, like, the dive doesn't count. And so he, like, didn't beat any records or anything. And people said he put even more pressure after that on Audrey because he basically realized he couldn't beat any more records. And so he wanted Audrey to do these dives and stuff. Um, He gets publicity. He's, like, basically sets Audrey up to do a dive on TV and get her publicity, they, it was kind of cool. They had a helicopter go up in the air and hold a string, and Audrey was on the ground, and the helicopter went up in the air as far as she was going to dive, just to see how far it really is. And it was really, really far. It was crazy. So, they have that on footage. Audrey is glowing. She has great energy. You can just tell from the videos. She was having a lot of fun. And she did beat her first attempt at a world record, but she blacked out at the top. However, under Pippin's rules that he basically created, um, that didn't matter. So in Pepine's rules, you could black out and still hold the record. So this allowed Audrey to hold the record <sighs> for women's world record for diving.
1: Did he like make that up after she did it? And he's like, Oh, by the way, my rule actually said you could pass. Probably,
0: it. but no. I think he, I literally think he made the rules like just so he could take that out so they could like keep going, but whatever. So in 2002, Tanya wants to beat Pippin's record. She basically got into diving from watching Pippin, so she like is a badass and wants to beat it. So she explains that when you're doing no limits diving like this and trying to beat, records. You have a team of divers, of safety divers. Her team consisted of 16 divers that are in the water, staggered every couple meters down watching her. So if she has any trouble at any certain meters, people are like watching and they can help her. So when you're in the water, you're like attached to this little thing that's on a string or on a rope. It goes all the way down in the water and counts the meters and counts the times. There's a lift bag that is filled with air that when you release it, it shoots you back up to the top within like seconds. Like you go so fast up to the top. It, it's like it's almost like
1: being a balloon is it, it is yeah
0: basically it's cool to watch too they showed it and so you shoot up in seconds like you can't even see the person if you're in the water and
1: i want to do this just for fun
0: <laughs> right it does sound cool so that's what you do when you get to the bottom is like pull this pin it releases the balloon you shoot back up to the top so she was attempting a three minute 30 second dive she took a deep before er, a deep she took a <laughs> breath so deep before that she almost blacked out. She asked the judge if she could still go, and there was no rule against blacking out before you went under the AIDA, and her team was very, very cautious and very much followed the rules of the AIDA. They were very serious about it. Just like Pippin and Audrey, her husband worked on her team and checked her airbags and all that stuff and was very serious about her safety. So, on this day when she was trying to beat the record, she was basically diving with 80% air that she needed because she like blacked out the first time. She said that all the meters were really painful going down, but she said it's more of a mental game and she was like, she was gonna beat this record. So she gets to the bottom, and this is all on video because I think, you know, to beat a record you have to film it, so it's all on video. She gets to the bottom, she's there, she has the record beat. She uh, opened the valve to the tank to get the air into the bag. And the only thing she had to do next was pull the pin that would release the bag to shoot her up. But she was suffering from narcosis at that point, And she blew a kiss to, like, the camera. And after that, she kind of gets frazzled. And she obviously realized to, that she forgot to pull the pin. So you can see that she's struggling on video with her hands. She's kind of, like, trying to figure out what to do. And she eventually gets it together and pulls the pin and shoots back up. But her team members were there to help her. And they said that if that would happen, they have a bag that they can attach for her with air that would shoot back up herself. But she gets to the top. Pops champagne, celebrates, and she now holds the record for free diving.
1: Woo! Pippin's probably so pissed. Yep.
0: So, Pippin was furious. People said he was disgusted, and he pushed Audrey, like, even Audrey. harder. Oh, I'm sorry. You're so, you are so right. He pushed, <laughs> he pushed Audrey even harder. Like, he really was going after it. So, only six weeks after Tanya's record-breaking dive, Audrey is sent to the Dominican Republic with her team to, with Pepin's team, to train to beat Tanya. He really wanted her to beat this record, but there were two people who were normally on Pepin's team who weren't there. And they were, like, really important people, too. They were, I believe, um, all divers that were going to be in the water with Audrey. Uh, one of the, two of the people, I believe, weren't there because they asked Audrey if she planned on any, on doing any crazy dives, like, in that year, and she had said no, so they had made arrangements to help other divers, because that's basically their job. And then they had also lost a support diver who had died the year prior in a cave diving accident, so three critical people were missing from their team, but Pipine Kept pushing her. A lot of witnesses said he was, like, pushing her really, really hard. On Wednesday, October 9th, Audrey beat the record by a couple meters. She attempted it, um, not on video, just, like, as a practice attempt. And she did beat it. But a lot of people on her team said that she was not acting herself. She didn't seem happy. She seemed pretty depressed. She had a black eye on the day of the that the day that she was going to attempt the dive and she never said really what it was from so rumors started a good amount of people in the dr said that she was pregnant and didn't want to dive and that peepin found out about that other people said that the night before the um dive they heard the two yelling and screaming and fighting
1: sounds toxic
0: (laughs) they're all rumors yeah it does but they're all rumors so take all that with a grain of salt but on october 12 2002 audrey was going to attempt to beat the record audrey was going to dive 564 feet on a single breath of air and it would take about three minutes and 30 seconds it was a really stormy day, and so at first they weren't going to do it, but the weather cleared up, and Pippine said that Audrey would still do it, even though the weather was crappy. It turned around, and he was like, yeah, she'll do it.
1: He's just, like, speaking for her at this point. I know.
0: So, people there, the team said that they both seemed withdrawn. Andre's mood was bizarre. It wasn't like how she normally was. She was a very bubbly, energetic person but she seemed completely cut off. There are a lot of pictures and videos from the day, and she's kind of just staring out into the ocean blankly, really doesn't have any emotion. People said Pepin was really nervous, acting pretty shaky. There's kind of this famous shot of Audrey sitting on the boat with her hands on her knees, and she's just staring out into the water, It does look like she's, like, concentrating and thinking, but just compared to the way that Audrey acted in her other dives, it wasn't like her, and she just didn't seem pumped up to do this dive.
1: I have a bad feeling about this.
0: So, people asked twice if the bubble was filled with air, the bubble that she pulls the pin out and shoots her back up to the top. They asked specifically asked Pupin twice if the bubble was filled and divers said that he specifically was angry when people asked and said stop worrying about it like I'll take care of it do what you need to do and let me worry about this so the dive would not have been appropriate under AIDA rules um compared to Tanya's 16 deep divers there to support her Audrey only had two
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: And like I said before, 16 divers, they're staggered all throughout the water in case, like, any at any point, Tanya wouldn't be able to get up. And mm-hmm. Audrey only has two. So, basically, one halfway there and one at the bottom.
1: That's so ridiculously dangerous.
0: Yeah. So, there was a hole of 130 meters where Audrey had no help and no divers there. But Pupin approved the dive. Uh, she kisses Pipine. she takes her final breath, the whole thing is on documentary, obviously, there were a lot of boats around, there's a good amount of people around filming it and watching, and she went down like normal, uh, Diver said before she hit the bottom, it just seemed a little bit wrong, they said that the fluctuation on the line, like, on the string that's holding her, they can watch it and kind of feel, like, the frequency and stuff of her going down. One of the divers who was very, very experienced said that the fluctuation on the line just, like, wasn't how it normally was. When she finished and she got down to the bottom where her goal was, it's on video, she went to lift the bag and pull the thing, the little pin, but the bag had no air. Audrey. Someone had failed to put air in the balloon, The diver with her inflated his own gas, and uh, she started to go back up. She started to ascend, but very, very slowly when the balloon is supposed to shoot you back up. So at this point, it's going slow as hell, and she's basically already, like, the bottom is supposed to be your max air. People black out at the bottom, and she's just going slowly, slowly back up. If she had a safety diver at 130 meters, they would have noticed that she was struggling and how slow the line was going back up, but the next diver wasn't for 90 meters, so nobody saw her for a while and the next diver noticed that she didn't ascend when she was supposed to. So, he was at 170 meters and he can't rise very fast because he'll get the bends and and die, he could die. So he sees her at 155 meters, and she was basically limp and just floating. People on land noticed that she wasn't coming back and that the cable wasn't flying up like it normally was at the time that she was supposed to basically be back up. So Pippin started screaming. Like, people said he was basically yelling the F word and just threw on his scuba gear. He knew something was wrong. He threw on all of his equipment in one minute and jumped in the water and free dives down there. Like, he's not on a line. He is swimming on his own down there.
1: That's, like, really sad.
0: Yeah, this story is really, it is sad. Like, it's, yeah, it is. So, the diver sees that she left the cable. She's no longer on the cable line. I don't know if she blacked out before or she... Figured she would try to swim up faster than the cable line was pulling her up, but the diver's name is Pascal. He finds her at meter 124, drifting through the water. He grabs her and begins to ascend as fast as he possibly can. Uh, People at the surface are pretty shook. Everyone's kind of really, really scared and a lot of her friends who talk about this day on the documentary and just people who were there a lot of people cried and were very you could tell like it was very traumatizing for everybody
1: oh my
0: gosh so tanya also comments on this and says no disrespect but she doesn't understand how anybody would let her dive with that few of divers there and how this all could have been prevented if there would have been divers there at every meter because they would have saw her whenever she drifted from the cable to begin with so pascal is trying to ascend 90 meters as quick as he could with audrey but that's as far as he can go without having to wait for the bends to clear and he basically just has to wait because he can't ascend any farther but peepin hopped in and he is going so quick down there he is risking his life He gets down to 90 meters as quick as he can, which is really, really dangerous, and he sees Audrey. He only had one tank of oxygen, I think, when you normally, like, have two. He grabbed Audrey and is swimming to the top frantically, trying to ascend. Once again, all of this is on video. He ascends as quickly as he can. He obviously is risking his own life, is quite frantic. They say that it's kind of a rule of diving, that you aren't supposed to ascend faster than the bubbles. But Pippin was going so fast, way faster than the bubbles. He is, like, you can just tell frantic. He finally resurfaces after Audrey had been underwater for 8 minutes and 38 seconds. Audrey is comes to the surface. There is pink foam coming out of her mouth, and she's in the water, Pipine is trying to resuscitate her anyway in the water. Others are kind of like, just get her out of the water. Like, she needs to basically get back on board as quickly as possible. So she's lifted onto the boat. She's motionless. There's foam coming out of her. There is not a medical doctor there. There is only a dentist.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: And they said she had a pulse, a very, very, very slight pulse, but they needed a specialized doctor in this because she needed decompression and she needed to be revived in that they a regular doctor wouldn't do that. They needed a specific doctor. So they raced the boat, boat back to the surface, and she has a very slight pulse, but foam is pouring out of her nose and mouth. It's very graphic and it's very disturbing on video. Uh, they said because of the foam, she could barely get. They couldn't get air into her with CPR. They get to the shore; there is no help for her. The dive team, I guess, they just assumed this was gonna go successful. They had no, uh, they planned no safety precautions. There was no medical staff there other than this dentist. Uh, they literally had to carry her from the boat to the beach on a beach chair that was just laying on the beach because they weren't planning for this they run her to the infirmary which is miles away they're literally sprinting and it takes 30 minutes to get to the local hospital where audrey is sadly pronounced dead
1: this is ridiculous she could have been saved oh yeah she shouldn't even have done that dive in the first place
0: yeah and sadly this breaks my heart but the two divers who were very close to Audrey and who were members of their team said that they felt like if they would have been there, she would have been alive. So they felt horrible. The next day, Pipin and all of the divers were taken to the police and interrogated in the DR. They said they talked to Pipin for five minutes and didn't talk to anybody who didn't speak Spanish because they only spoke Spanish. So any English speaking people they didn't speak to. In the DR only a family member can request an investigation, but Pippine did not and neither did Audrey's family. Pippine and her family scattered her ashes in the sea in the DR. There was an autopsy done that said it, her death was due to drowning and it was an accident. Specifically, it was because there was no air in her bubble. However, it was Pippine's job to check the bubble for air. Yeah. If she would have, t- a lot of people said, why didn't she take the air from um the diver at the very, very bottom? And they said that uh, there's a chance that if you take air and you're so far down that your lungs can explode just because you are that far in the water. So I'm assuming that she knew that, and that's why she didn't take air when she got to the bottom. One year after her death uh, in Mexico, Pipin which is where Audrey and Pepin had met. He does a dive in Audrey's honor and does the dive that she was supposed to do that day. He does it successfully. And he announces that that is his
1: last dive ever. So
0: tragic. It is really.
1: This is Audrey's memory. And then that's the last thing he'll ever do. Yeah.
0: But I will say, I will say at this time they had gotten movie rights to make a movie about this. And there were literally celebrities like on board watching pippin do this so i really don't i'm assuming pippin did this obviously for audrey's honor but it seems like he was kind of soaking up
1: the attention a bit i think it's suspicious that he was the one who needed to check the bag and he did it and they were having problems girl so carlos
0: sarah he i believe was a team member on pippin's dive team he knew the two very, very well. He knew Audrey and Pippin, had worked with them for a while, knew them very well. He wrote a book on this and he investigated everything because he was just so like, what the hell? So he wrote a book from it and he concluded that in his personal opinion, let me stress, personal opinion, he believes that Pippin did not kill Audrey But he knew that there was not air in the balloon and he wanted Andre to struggle so that he could dive in the water and make this, like, miraculous save and bring Andre back to life. But it did not go as planned. (gasps) The ghostwriter of Pippin's book actually agrees with this theory. However, Mm -hmm. other divers and friends of the two do not agree and they really do believe it was an accident. Basically, it... You're either divided and thinking it was an accident or that he... Not that he wanted to kill her, but he, like, had this plan to rescue her and He just
1: wanted to be the hero of the day.
0: Yeah. So, and I also want to say, I believe Audrey was Pippin's third or fourth wife. And uh, Pippin did get remarried after this whole thing. I believe he still lives in Florida or Miami. He makes makes a product now and sells it. You can still actually see his billboard of his product in places in Miami. Tanya, I feel bad for Tanya. She says she was very, very impacted by this. And she says that this chapter of her life won't close until another woman beats her record. She basically wants it to be done. I don't think... I don't know if Tanya still does diving, but you can tell she's very, very upset.
1: She probably wanted Audrey to beat it.
0: Yeah. So the last thing I will say is that Pippin's ghostwriter for the book said that, quote, it is really difficult to write a book about someone you don't believe.
1: (gasps) Oh my gosh.
0: Pippin's book, which was ghost written you can find it on amazon it is called the dive a story of love and obsession came out june twenty eighth, 2005
1: it seems okay i feel like it's in bad taste to say a story of love and obsession about your wife who was tragically killed but i mean who am I to say because it's his story, it's his life, but I feel like I don't know. That, to me, just seems like you're trying to get some drama out of it. Yeah,
0: and I I will say, actually, really quick, I don't think I mentioned this, but I do want to say a lot of people said that Audrey really wanted to beat Pippin's record. Like, she liked, I think, them two competing. I don't really think she wanted to be competing with tanya or like competing in general i think it was just you know
1: something spouses yeah
0: like i think she i don't know if they were competing in ill will but i think them two were competing but either way it's very very sad for audrey
1: that's so tragic it's
0: very tragic definitely could have been prevented and no matter what somebody acted negligent on that boat
1: Yeah there has to be some responsibility when Mm -hmm. it was supposed to be someone's job like I'm not saying someone needs to go to jail but her family should have gotten some sort of compensation for someone not doing their job.
0: Yeah and I'm sure like if that was your I'm sure they just wanted to trust Pepeen because he was her husband but still an investigation would have cleared stuff up and a lot of people a lot of the divers they're not from america but they said even in their countries that would be considered negligence and he would be serving some time
1: yeah like someone needs to be held accountable for this
0: yeah so that's the tale sadly of audrey mestre and Pipine.
1: i not that i like that but that was interesting because it was an accident, but it seems like there could have been some crime, maybe. Oh,
0: yeah. A lot of people. I actually wouldn't be surprised if, like, this episode turned off on the show accident, suicide, or murder because a lot of people wondered if it was an accident or intentional. Ooh. So I hope you guys liked the story, and we will be back next time with
1: another diving death. For all our American listeners, stay safe during Memorial Day weekend, and please do not, if you're attempting (laughs) one of these dives, uh, please make sure your balloon is filled.
0: And please make sure you have way more than two people on a 500-foot dive to help you.
1: (laughs) Jackie and I are going to go dive into the depths of the ocean right now, BRB.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys.
1: Thank you. Bye. Bye. Want to creep on us? follow us on social media at ewthatscreepypodcast that's creepy podcast or send us an email at EwThat's that's creepy podcast at gmail.com don't forget to rate review and subscribe thanks creepy cats